Welcome back to A to B with Parkour UK. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about our recent redevelopment of the level two coaching qualification. Uh, obviously I'm sat here with Chris. Uh, Chris has obviously had a hand in uh, part of the level two redevelopment. has been working quite closely with other members of the team and our tutors uh, over the last sort of 18 months or so to redevelop this, this level two course. So hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, so when you arrived at Parker UK in 2020, uh, what did you discover about the level two uh, when uh, upon starting your, your role? Cool. Um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it might be worth just going back a little bit as well. That So I, I did the level two adapt and the Parker UK one various times over the years in the lead up to that. Um, partly because I didn't do so well the first time and partly because I was really lucky to be asked a couple of times, particularly in the early days of ADAPT, to kind of try it out. Um, so I've seen various iterations of it from the, the toughest one to the less tough ones. Um, but then having left Parker around sort of 2014-15, my connection with that was kind of gone. Yeah. So coming into Parker UK in 2020, um, there hadn't been a course, I think, for about 18 months to two years. I'll probably get the time wrong, but it had been a while since it ran a course. Um, and by all accounts, the sort of final or one of the final courses that was ran um, didn't go particularly well. I think a lot of the candidates had a difficult experience. Um, I also think the tutors had a bit of a challenging experience around sort of changes to the course that they weren't aware of that they were trying to cope with. Right. And, and so there were a few people that um, hadn't got to a successful outcome for reasons that uh, were not necessarily their own responsibility. Um, and there were a few people waiting about who just didn't pass and needed the reset. There were also a big chunk of people who were out there operating as level two coaches and having a great time. Um, so we engaged particularly with a lot of the people that were kind of waiting to finish or had had challenges um, and got a bunch of feedback from them. Some of them, there was just like a list of legacy people that like needed an assessment. And we did a few of those quite quickly. So we just paid to get someone to go and visit them and use the criteria from before and just got them to finish the course okay. or like they maybe just had to submit something. So there was like some admin stuff. Yeah. Um, and then what we did was started to work on a new course uh, with a workforce committee that we'd formed and we invited quite a few people that had had the challenging experience, plus a few people that had been kind of desperately waiting in the wings to come and get involved in a trial course, uh, which the course ran in August 20, and the assessment ran this past is that right where are we at now we're at 23 yeah the course ran in 21 the assessment ran in 22 and we've done a couple of extra things on top of that to support a few people to go through it and I think there's still two people from the trial that just have had various delays that are in and out of parkour's yeah. control uh, to finish um, and within that there was loads of feedback about how it needed to transform and what was going to change about it so with this level two redevelopment then, uh, I guess using some of that feedback from before, um, have we got any examples where Parker UK have moved after receiving the feedback and what does the level two look like now? Yeah, loads. So, I mean, I think the first thing is that there, there I don't think there was any feedback 
I'm sure there's one detail out there that we just said no to, like we're not going to change that. Um, a lot of the feedback we were navigating like wildly varied ends of a spectrum of how people believed it could look. So a lot of the responses that we've done would not serve one of those camps. They would kind of land somewhere in the middle, right? That's my little qualifying statement <laughs> for all the feedback um, because there was loads. Um, so there's a few different things. I think that the most predominant thing which, which had been around for years was about the level two, uh, just from a content perspective, being really focused on pretty high level physical and technical challenges and, and as a coaching course, not having a coaching focus. Um, so that was something we changed immediately. One of the sort of easy advantages to that was that First of Sport, who are our awarding body, they, they dictate to some degree what the coaching content is on the course. And, excuse me, they'd updated their level two so that it had two coached assessments okay. rather than one. Yeah. So that was great because instantly that gave us an opportunity to focus on the coaching more because people were going to have to do two assessments. Yeah, okay. um, so, so we went with that and w what we did with that was we spread it out so that you do one of your coached sessions during the course um, and the bar is set slightly lower and then you come back and do your second one further down the line. So there's a sort of development thread yeah. through the coaching. Um, in terms of the content on the course, it leans on that a bit more, um, including some online stuff. Um, which obviously has no physical or technical challenge to it. And then in regards to the sort of old, what might you say, notorious uh, physical testing and technical testing, that, that was brought down to, I mean, I would say something like 10 to 15% of the same degree of difficulty. Um, we decided that the sort of, the bar or the standard we wanted to set was that there didn't need to be any physical testing, as in you don't need to be able to, I don't know, run 5K. Um, but the question that we asked was, what do we think is the minimum standard that a coach should be able to hold to be able to demonstrate something efficiently yeah. or well in a class? So for example, um, for a standing jump, it doesn't have to be absolutely massive anymore. It's, it's got a set distance, but it kind of needs to be big enough that you can see the shape of it, right? So we, we used that sort of rule of thumb to decide what technical criteria and what physical criteria we would keep in. So there's like four, three or four physical exercises left, but it's like you have to do enough repetitions to be able to demo it. So yeah. there's not like a hundred pull-ups or anything like that. So we pulled that right down. We decided not to make that zero. And um, there was a lot of discussion about that. And, and given that the level two is our highest accolade and a lot of those people are coaching independently, we thought it was important to still look at people's ability to be able to demonstrate. Um, so, and the reason I'm talking about that a lot is because it was a huge part of the feedback and I don't think we'll ever get to the stage where we satisfy everyone, but I think we're in a really good middle ground now. The other thing that we added to that in regards to the technical and physical criteria is a questioning element where if there are some of the movements that you are unprepared for or maybe you're injured or whatever, um, all of the candidates get tested on three or four of the movements by explanation rather than demonstration. So the coach, the tutor will say to them, like, can you explain to me how a Kong vault works? And we've got a sort of stock reference of answers that we think are broadly the right sort of things they should discuss. And that was also a really good way to cater for the fact that like, if we've got 10, 20 technical criteria and someone turns up and one of them is a real problem because of their shape or size or whatever, it doesn't mean that it has a negative impact on it. So that was one thing. I'll be a little bit shorter with the rest. Um, so 
Finally, on that technical and, and physical and coaching criteria, one of the bits of feedback that we got was about there being a lot of tutor discretion in terms of how things were set. The criteria now is very specific around the level of detail. It's a sort of three-stage scoring process. So we're going to change the names of these, but there's like a needs work, which means your demonstration isn't ready. And then there was like a one and a two. And a one is like standard's good. A two is like your standard couldn't be any better. Um, and the way the criteria is set takes out a lot of the discretion so that everyone is always tested on the same basis, same kind of distances, all that kind of stuff. Um, because there was loads of feedback around the sort of variety of testing that had occurred yeah. and, and trying to make that fair. And there's a balance to strike there where like, you're not always going to find an exactly 1.2 meter wall, right? So there's a sure. degree of discretion, yeah. but we've managed to take that up. Um, I think the other big change was to bring back the provisional status. Um, that's not what it was called originally, but essentially what that is, is that when you come into, we've separated out the course and the final assessment now. So you've got a year to develop. If you meet a minimum standard during the course, which is lower than the final assessment, you are granted permission to start operating as a level two coach immediately, including accessing our insurance if you want it. So what that means is that people can get time to sort of behave completely as a level two coach during the development yeah. and they've got a limited amount of time to use that provisional status before their assessment. Not everyone gets it and I think that's one of the things that maybe Parker UK got wrong in the old version of that status was that anyone that attended the course could start acting as a level two. There are outliers, there's people that come that are simply not ready. So again, we found the balance there. Um, in terms of the structure in the course, um, we now do, so there's like five total days of learning and an assessment day. Um, but one and a half days of that is now online. Um, that is sort of directly in response to the feedback that five days is quite a long time to potentially travel to another city and spend your money. Um, so the face-to-face -face bit is three and a half days and the first day deliberately is a half so that people can travel that morning. So for most people, if the course starts at one in the afternoon, they can actually get there that morning, which mm -hmm. saves a night's accommodation. So you've only got a couple of nights to spend mm -hmm. there. And also like with the focus on the regulation and the qualifications, um, our materials have got to be updated with much more stringent input to the workbooks. We can do a bunch of that online. We don't need to be face to face to bring people together to fill in a workbook and have a lot of those discussions is not needed. So that's a lot, but those are some examples of where the feedback's been mm -hmm. really useful. With the trial, with the level two trial that, that ran uh, throughout sort of 21, 22 sort of time, what did we get right and what did Parkour UK get wrong yeah. in the trials? Cool. So I, I think first of all, like I'm really grateful to the people that took part in the trial. Some of them were people that definitely were really sceptical and, and that's a hard sell for anyone. And, you know, they could have just told us they weren't interested and, and some people gave us their trust. Uh, some people were just ready to go and wanted to try it. And I think we had a nice variety of perspectives on that. So I'm really grateful for those people to stay involved. Um, I think one of the things that we got right is that we knew that it wouldn't run perfectly. And so we sort of had this constant rule that went out in all the emails, like if there's something that's missed, or if you don't get an opportunity to demonstrate something and that's because of a factor of the way we've ran the trial, the candidate will get the concession of, okay, you've you've passed, right? So if, if it's Parker UK's fault that during the trial we miss something or it falls short an hour and a candidate ends up not getting what they need, they would not be penalised for that. And I think that's one of the things that we did really well and it did happen, right? It's a trial. So I think that went well. I think the... 
Um, the other thing that went well was just trying out the reduced criteria. I think um, I don't think there was anyone who had any challenges regarding the technical and physical criteria, which really for me answers the question of is it too hard? Um, even the, the criteria around how you demonstrate sort of facing mental challenges, the way that used to happen in the past was the tutors would set the jumps and that's quite a hard judgment to make because you don't know who's there, right? Yeah. So there was definitely feedback before that like the breaking jumps, there isn't a good way to test that and all you're doing is making it too hard for some people and people are going to be unsuccessful because it's the wrong jump. So the way that we do that now is it's elective. So people get an hour to choose two things that are challenging for them. And that was really successful. That really worked. I mean, anyone with a good eye for coaching can tell whether a person is testing themselves or not. Um, and that seemed to work really well. We didn't want to leave that mental challenge test out of the whole thing completely because it's so important yeah. to the sport. So I think that works really well. To my memory, every single person was successful in that criteria, which I think is brilliant. You know, it shouldn't be very often that people aren't successful in that one. You know, I think they'd need to do something pretty well within their means that was obviously within their means. In terms of things we got wrong, um, I don't think we managed to get all the materials out exactly when we wanted and on time. Um, that's partly the nature of the trial, but I think also that did cause like a level of anxiety for people. And while certainly for me personally, I tried to communicate with people a lot. Sometimes the messages that came out were at the wrong time or there was mixed messaging. And, and you know, it's regretful for us that that potentially sort of caused a strain on some of the relationships with the candidates. Um, I think one of the things that we got wrong in the delivery of the trial um, was that the the assessment journal and the criteria, um, we didn't manage to cover them all in the trial. And because the trial was quite stressful for people and there was then holes left in their feedback, that led to a year of like trying to sift through all the bits that we had to sort. Um, nobody's qualification suffered because of that. You know, no, no one was penalized in that sense, but I'm sure it caused a degree of frustration and sure. stress. Um, and then I think the final bit about the level two trial was we, we had a workforce committee and some outside voices speaking in around the feedback. Um, and we that snowballed in a way that we didn't expect in terms of the amount of feedback that came in. And I think for our part, we hadn't prepared enough structure of how and what we were asking for from the committee. And so they were left in the dark quite a lot or they would see a change within the materials that they hadn't expected and, and that felt like a really big deal for them and, and we hadn't read how they would interpret that. So I think there was a big communication issue there, which has been a great lesson for us around development as well of like, if you're gonna bring in inside voices out, uh, if you're gonna bring inside voices into feedback, they need to be clear on what you're asking of them and you need to be clear on how they feel about their involvement. Um, but those are all really good learnings, you know, and, and it's brought us to the place where we are we are on the cusp of making a lot of improvements from that. Uh, there was like a sort of formal recommendations report, report that went to the board about more things to work on. Um, and we're nearly there. So with learners in, in the level two who may be unsuccessful in their initial coaching assessments, what are Parkour UK doing to support those learners? Cool. So I think even going back a little bit from that, um, do we have it on the wall? Because we've got, we don't. Um, some of the workbooks are on the wall just to like hijack the motor space. Um, all learners uh, from the beginning 
of the face-to-face course get an assessment journal now, which lays out all the criteria and they do an assessment during the course and they do another one at the final assessment. So during the course, they are directly supported and fed back on each criteria and also supported to understand what they mean, have a few goes at it, be able to speak to the tutor and say, is this what you're asking for? So I think what we'll find is that the success rate, because the learning journey is more fluid, will be much higher in the first place. Sure. I think. A lot of people get into the final assessment, we'll be really emphasising, be ready for it. And they'll have a much better understanding of what be ready means than they probably did in the past. So I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that we, we're now going to have a calendar of assessment dates throughout the year. Um, and we need to look at if someone needs a reassessment, we want to make it low cost or free. I haven't made a final decision on that yet, but we're absolutely aware that if someone's unsuccessful, there's a barrier to coming back yeah. and doing it again. So I think the what we've done during the trial, because it's been a bit more varied, is we've looked at that on a case-by-case case basis, and I think there are occasions where we'll still do that. So um, it's kind of hard to give a black and white answer, but what I would say is the message coming from us is one of support for your development. Um, we're not using the words pass and fail, not because that's not what it is, but because they create a sort of stigma and a story about what it means to not be successful in yeah. an assessment. And the reality about a course that's meant to develop you is that you might not be ready for the test when you get there. That's not a comment on your being as a person or whatever. Um, so I think we'll be we'll be supporting people to be ready for it and then we'll be creating opportunities for reassessment that are either free or very low cost. And I think by having a really good calendar of assessment dates in through the year, which we've never had before, I think that will happen quite naturally. Um, in the interim, there are two members of workforce staff, two tutors and lots of parkour experience within the organisation that's dotted around the country. So in terms of people like being able to say, can I get some advice? There is endless resource there as well. I just want to quickly ask about costs as well, because obviously the level two before, there's been a slight barrier to entry for some people with the cost of the course. Um, kind of what have Parkour UK done to sort of tackle that? Yep. So we're expecting the cost to be sort of around or slightly less than the price it was in the past. So I think in the past it was between 650 and 695. Um, I mean, that, that is six days of learning. So I think I appreciate that, that it's a prohibitive cost for some people, but there is a reality to how much it needs to cost. And I think we'll find a balance there. There's a few things that we've been able to do to, for from our end to reduce that cost. One is um, that some of it is online. One is that we have this funding. So at least for the first year until it gets up to the stage where it can make profit, we can subsidize it. Um, what we can do in terms of helping people to find that money it's a couple of things. We're going to have a payment plan within the booking system for the courses. So something like PayPal credit, where you can split the cost up over three, uh, three different payments. Yeah. Um, I would also be really interested to personally speak to people who might have challenges around the cost to see if there's ways that we can support them directly. So there's a lot of young people out there, for example, who might qualify for um, in Scotland it's called ILA funding, independent learning funding. Yeah. There's similar stuff all around the country. So what we can do is support people to find the money as well. Um, and again, we're open to those dialogues. I think the main thing is that if you log in to book it, you'll get an option to spread the cost. Cool. Um, and we're just gonna need to see how that goes through the year. Um, we don't, we have a fair idea of how much it's gonna cost us to run. And I think we've got it about right, but we'll know that in a year. <laughs> yeah. 
Any last points as well you want to talk about before before we sort of wrap up? Is there any other level two bits of information? Yeah. Um, so I think, um, number one, the level two has been the most contentious part of Parker UK for the last five or six years, probably. It's taken us way longer than we wanted to to get where we are, but I'm really confident. And I think people that did the trial, we also had a second group do the trial, ex- trial assessment separate from the main trial group who really, really liked it and could see the difference. And I think it's coming to a really good place now. Um, it is the highest accolade that we've got. We need to set a standard somewhere. And so I think we've found a balance between creating a degree of challenge that will push people as coaches to really think about always reflecting and getting better, but without getting to the stage where it's like, if you've not been doing parkour for 20 years, you're not going to get close. You know, sure. that's not there anymore. Um, what we will be doing is returning on this podcast to um, talk about the close experience and structure of the new level two uh, with Simon and probably Caroline, the workforce team, once we've ran it a couple of times to give more information. The final thing I would say is, um, the workbook that's up here and all the criteria, we are basically going to put everything online available ahead of the course um, because that's not what we're selling. So there's no reason not to have it there. So people ahead of the course will be able to see 90%, if not all of the materials in detail to make decisions about whether they think it's right for them and to come and ask us. So we want it to get better. We're in a good place. Now we need people to sign up and do it. Amazing. So... Thank you for, for taking the time to obviously sit down and ex- explain that to us. If you did have any questions regarding the level two, obviously you can reach out to Parkour UK on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, email as well. Um, obviously we've, with the team, we're here to answer any questions. Uh, keep an eye on our obviously our social medias and our email list as well. Uh, we'll be putting an announcement out when the level two is due to go live. And yeah, I think that's everything. The dates are live now. The dates are live now. There we go. Yeah, so have a look at the yet. dates. You can't book it yet, but the dates are now live on the website yep. as well as the level one dates as well. Um, first time it's been mapped out. It's amazing yeah. having the, having a year ahead for people that want to book on, but also for us, like having the dates in the diary just makes life a little bit easier to yeah. plan. So Sweet. Book on. Nice one. Cool. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you, Callum. Cool. And uh, we'll see you next time.